All right. Turn to Luke. Luke 13, and uh, I will not keep you long since we've had the Lord's Supper this afternoon, and uh, we'll uh, just look at a few verses here in Luke chapter 13, and we're going to talk about a fruitless tree in verses 6 through 9, Luke chapter 3, or 13. And we, look, we looked at verses 1 through 5 last time. Last time we asked the question, uh, why do bad things happen? Or why is there pain and suffering in the world? And when you see bad things happen, the question we said wasn't, it shouldn't be, why is it happening? Perhaps the real question is, why did it happen to me? Or why didn't it happen to me? And uh, we looked at the approach to God in genuine repentance. And if we don't come to God in genuine repentance, there may be a governor, like in chapter 13, verse 1, like Pilate, uh, who killed uh, some worshipers. Or there might be a tower with your name on it, the construction accident that took place where some people lost their lives. And you say, you know, and it says there, I tell you nay, but except ye repent, ye shall likewise perish. And you say, well, I did that a long time ago. When I was X number of years old, maybe you were a child or a teenager or a young person, uh, maybe an older person. You said, I, I uh, trusted Christ. I repented of my sins. I walked down a church aisle and I made a profession of faith and I trusted him as my Lord and Savior and that's, that's all over done with. I don't need to hear any more about repentance. Well, the Jews thinking these bad things happened because these people were the worst sinners of all. They were self-righteous hypocrites. <clears throat> a subject that Jesus continues to deal with and I think we need to continue to look in the mirror concerning the problem of hypocrisy ourselves. But Jesus would say to you and I, we have our own sin problems. Uh, because self-righteous hypocrite does not ever produce good fruit, a self-righteous hypocrite is a barren person who will not ever produce good fruit. Self-righteous hypocrites don't really accomplish anything for God. They re really don't make a real impact, no difference, no real difference, no bear, bear no fruit, real fruit. Their life and existence becomes a total waste. Now keep in mind, this person pretends to be right with God, pretends to be interested in judging of sin, but that's a sham. Uh, they're not right with God. Uh, they uh, will never ever produce righteous fruit but we need to understand that repentance is an ongoing occurrence in the heart whenever there's sin. You say, I don't sin anymore. Uh, uh, wait, w watch it. I knew a guy that said that one time and he said, I don't sin anymore, I just make mistakes. Well, he didn't know his Bible very well, did he? 
We need to be careful that when, when there's sin in the heart of a Christian, then true repentance continues uh, to be needed and true repentance will bear continuous fruit. Now, Jesus is going to illustrate this in verses uh, 6 through 9. Notice there in Luke 13, verse 6, he spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of the, his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answered and said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also till I shall dig about it and dung it. And it, if it bear fruit well, and if, it, if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. So he's talking about an illustration here about a time when there was a landowner. The landowner had a vineyard. And I would think that there were a lot of trees and vines in his vineyard. But we're only considered uh, concerned about one. You see, this isn't written to the person sitting next to you. It isn't written to you about your wife or your husband or your neighbor down the street. It's written to each one of us. It's written to you. You are the tree. I am the tree. And the question is, are you bearing any fruit? The question is not, are you a member of the church? The question is not, are, are, are you a Baptist? It's not, have you been baptized? Or uh, All those things are important, but that's not the question here. The question is, did, not, you did, did you walk down an aisle and make a confession of faith? Uh, it's not, or did you put money into the offering plate? Uh, or do you hold proper doctrine? Or did you bear some fruit a number of years ago? That's not the question. Years have gone by, and for most of us, the governor has not called for our execution, and no towers have fallen upon us. We're still here. We're alive. And you and I are called to ask ourselves, am I bearing any fruit for the kingdom? Now again, I'm not talking about church attendance. After all, you're here. I'm asking whether your life is producing fruit of God's Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit producing within you love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance? Are those qualities in your life being used by God to draw people into the kingdom? Now the Lord of the parable had a certain tree in his garden, and when he came to, the sam uh, to sample some of the fruit of that tree, there wasn't any fruit. It had branches, had a trunk, had roots, had leaves. It was dressed in its finest sun, Sunday fig leaves. It had all the righteous, right, righteous trappings, but no fruit. That's just a little thing, isn't it? But the Lord of the parable is not concerned with branches. He's not concerned with the trunk. He's not concerned with the roots or the leaves or all the right rituals, or using the right terminology, he's concerned with one thing, is this tree bearing fruit. So very briefly today, notice three truths we can receive from this brief illustration here in Luke chapter 13. Notice first of all, the Lord of the vineyard requires fruit. 
Verse 6, and he came and he sought fruit thereon and found none. Now based on this, and here's what Jesus is saying, God put the nation of Israel into this world to bear fruit. Jesus Christ came into this world and nearly three years he traveled through Israel looking for any form of pure fruit and he found none. For nearly three years he looked for some sign of true righteousness and he didn't find any. He found religious pretenders. He found play actors. And God the Father was fed up with the nation and he wanted to cut her down. But Jesus Christ interceded for Israel and asked for just a little more time before he would send destruction. And Christ wanted to do everything he could to get this nation on the right track. But if she didn't respond, God would unleash his judgment. Christ went to the cross. He was raised from the dead. He gave special powers to his apostles to demonstrate his truth. Israel still did not respond. They would not respond. So in AD 70, severe judgment came and the fig tree was left barren and Israel's house was left desolate. You say, well, what's that have to do with me? What's that have to do with us? Well, that's why we're here. We have the purpose for living and a goal to our lives, and it's to bear fruit for the Lord of the vineyard. Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So the Lord of the vineyard requires fruit. Secondly, unfruitful trees will be cut down. We see this in verse 7. Then said he unto the dresser of the vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. There is coming a day of reckoning. The Lord has demanded fruit from his tree, and when that fruit is not forthcoming, the result is cutting down and casting it forth. You see, you and I cannot play games with God. We can't pretend at religion. We can't pretend by playing church because God is looking for real fruit, not just wood, hay, and stubble. I heard of a bumper sticker where a while back said, if you aren't living on the edge, then you're taking up too much space. Well, the Lord is saying something similar. He says, if you're not pro- uh, you aren't producing fruit, then you're taking up too much ground. Ground that could be used for fruit producers. And so an unfruitful tree will be cut down. And then thirdly, there is a season of grace. Verse 8 and 9. And he answered and said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also till I shall dig it about or dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that, thou shalt cut it down. It was Winston Churchill was being interviewed by a reporter, and Churchill mentioned that he had been uh, twice through the 10th grade. You failed the 10th grade, was this reporter's reply. No, replied Churchill, I just had a second opportunity to do well. Well, you and I are here for another year. The judgment of God has not yet fallen. We've not been cut down. 
For many of us, the past year probably has been one of maybe some spiritual fruitfulness. Maybe we've walked with the Lord, we've trusted in his grace and his mercy, and he has produced some fruit, the fruit of his spirit within our lives. And so we have a word of commendation and encouragement. Colossians 2.6 says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. 1 John 2.28, And now little children, abide in him that when he shall appear, we have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Are we going to be ashamed when he comes? He doesn't find any fruit on our tree. But Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I'm af afraid that perhaps there may be some here today who are on borrowed time. And if you're honest, you'd have to describe yourself as a fruitless tree. You have roots, you have a trunk, and you've come to church today in your finest fig leaves. You look acceptable in every way, but is there fruit? And so there's a warning here for us. We have another year. Judgment has been postponed. It's not canceled, but we're living in a postponement era if we're not bearing fruit. Today, there may be some digging at the roots of your heart. There may some be some application of the nutrients of the word of God. What will result? Shall you bear the fruit of a repentant heart? Or will you continue on the path of unfruitfulness that leads to a woodcutter's axe? Colossians 1.10 says that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being what? Fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Don't wait until it's too late. You see, one of these days, tragedy is going to strike. The Lord delays his coming, then one of these days you are going to die. And that's the tragedy you face. You say, well, I'm, I'm ready to die. Are you prepared? Well, again, 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And you have a call from God today. It's a call of repentance. It's a call to turn from, yourself, uh, turn from yourself and all that you've ever been and turn to the living and true God. Trust him as your Lord and your Savior if you've never done that. And if you have done that, then live by faith. Just as you trusted him by faith, live by faith and trust him to use you to be fruit bearing. I believe there's some powerful lessons here as we finish this brief message. Five, message, uh, five uh, powerful lessons. I'll put them all up there in case you take notes and so forth. But uh, God's people are to have real righteousness that does bear fruit. We're to have real righteousness, not fake, not put on, but real righteousness that's going to bear fruit. Because the self-righteous hypocrite does not ever bear fruit. The self-righteous hypocrites need to repent. 
But God graciously gives sinners, including hypocrites, time to repent. And God will send severe judgment to those who refuse to repent. I trust that we will take note of these powerful lessons that we can, these few short verses can teach us something about asking ourselves, are you bearing fruit? Real fruit. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you for the time we've spent